Welcome. You're about to listen to a teaching of the Foursquare Gospel Church, VGC District. At Foursquare, we believe in the transformation of communities through the multiplication of disciples, leaders, churches, and movements. May your hearts be blessed and transformed as you listen. Father, you're not limited by our environment. You are a spirit. Hallelujah. And those who worship you, worship you in spirit. They worship you by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. They worship you from their hearts. Hallelujah. Lord, we worship you. We join as one body to worship you. We join as one body to praise you. We join as one body, hallelujah, to magnify your holy name. Hallelujah. You who is worthy, you who reigns, you who has ascended and led captivity captive and given gifts unto men. Lord, we worship you. We acknowledge your headship over the church. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. You who was dead and you are alive. Hallelujah. And you're coming again. Hallelujah. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we take our time to say thank you for your love. Thank you for your love. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being there for us. When we thought we would not be able to go forward, when we had almost given up, when we had lost faith, Lord, you never gave up on us because your love is unceasing. Hallelujah. Your love is endless. Your love is inexhaustible. Your love is changeless, unfathomable. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you because you first loved us. Hallelujah. Thank you, righteous one. Thank you, Lord, for this theme of your perfect love. Because, Lord, we are being transformed by its truth. Hallelujah. And it's freeing us, driving away every tormenting fear from our hearts, from our minds, from our lives, from our families, from our relationships, from our workplaces. Hallelujah. Father, we bless you. Our hearts, our souls, our minds, our wills, our beings, bless you. We proclaim your worth, hallelujah, of our praise, our blessing, our honor, our glory. Yours, O oh God, is the riches, the dominion, the power. Hallelujah. Thank you, righteous Father. Thank you, righteous Father. Thank you for your inexplainable condescension and humility to fellowship with us to come among us to live among us 
to speak to and through us. Hallelujah. Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit will speak tonight unequivocally, hallelujah, clearly, distinctly, that light will come that will produce liberty and give us an understanding and an experience and faith in your love. Hallelujah. Thank you, righteous Father. Thank you, righteous Father. Thank you, righteous Father. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God in the highest. Glory be to God in the highest. Glory be to God in the highest. Today, we're going to continue our conversation on the theme, perfect love. Hallelujah. Perfect love. That already tells me that we are talking about the love that comes from God. The love that is divine in its source and origin. Amen. And our scriptural texts are taken from Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. And we're going to read verse 8. Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. For those of you that are home, I know the scriptures will be on the screen, but I will... I will suggest to you recommend to you that you grab your bible and perhaps a notepad or something that will help you to take down one or two thoughts i'm going to quickly review some things that we have heard over the past week on the theme perfect love Verse 8, Romans chapter 5 says, But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ did not die for us when we were good. He didn't die for us when we were righteous he didn't die for us when we were deserving neither because we had the resources that we warrant or obtain or purchase his death he died for us when we were undeserving and I want to encourage us this evening especially those of us that still struggle with the idea of whether we are good enough whether God is happy with us whether God accepts us 
I just want you to realize that he died for us when we were sinners. If he died for you when you were a sinner, when you were cut off from his love, when you were cut off from his covenant, when you were cut off from his life, when you were cut off from his nature, if he died for us when we were sinners, how much more now are we worth to him? How much more? How much more? It doesn't glorify God one bit to doubt that you are saved. It's not pious. It's unbelief. All those religious prayers that please, I I pray that at the end I will make it to heaven and all that. It's religious ignorance, really, that actually spits on the face of the cross. The Bible says that for God so loved the world, not the church, not Israel, for God so loved the world, the the, the the blind world, the dark world, the disconnected world, the dead world, God loves. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, that includes you, I don't care what you have done, whether before you came to Christ or since you have come to Christ, I don't care whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life when we truly come to god with our whole heart or when we truly repent turn away from our own wicked ways god just as his love is perfect just as his love is constant, God will accept you. He will receive you. And you can be rest assured that you are in right relationship with him. Not because you have dotted all the I's and crossed all the T's. It's because he loves us. Because he has, he has provided a perfect redemption. When it comes to our relationship with God, don't look at yourself. It's not based on us. It's based on his love. It's based on his provision because of his love. That perfect sacrifice. Hallelujah. Jesus said, it is finished. The Greek word means it is completely completed. It is perfectly perfected. Hallelujah. So God, in demonstrating his love, 
he gave his son to die for us while we were in sin hallelujah glory to jesus hallelujah glory to jesus the next scripture is found in first john chapter 4 We're going to spend a lot of time in first john chapter 4 today but for now i'm just going to read the the, the theme text it's taken from verse 9 in this the love of god was made manifest among us that god sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him and we said on Sunday that it implies that if you don't have the Son, as far as God is concerned, you are not alive. He says that we might live through Him. In fact, John, in this same episode, says whoever has the Son has life. And whoever does not have the Son does not have life. When God talks about life, He's not talking about breathing only. He's talking about being connected to Him. Being connected to life, to the life source. It's like a tree that is connected to the earth. It's source. When you're not connected to God, you are disconnected from your source, from the one who created you, from where you came out of. You're like a fish out of water. So you're practically dead. That's what it means, that we might have life through the sun. Because the sun is the mediator the son is the is the bridge is the door is the way he is the connector between god and us hallelujah love is the sure and ideal way to advance in god you are better off advancing if you start by your love work. Love is the sure, or we can say it like this, <laughs> love is the surest, and I don't know if there's a word like this, and the idealist way idealist in quote to advance in god to make progress hallelujah as you grow in your love in your experience and faith in god's love you are advancing you know why as we're going to learn today 
the devil will have very little to match against you once you become rooted and grounded in love there is very little he can do the other thought love is of god and overcomes the world and everything the world offers there is nothing in the world that is stronger than the love of God nothing nothing compares that's why we all have come to the cross we were drawn by his love yes some of us were drawn because we we're trying to get fire insurance you know but after we came is not what kept us what kept us is the love of God the Bible says that the love of God leads us to repentance the mercy of God his mercy is a result of his love the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 and 6 that God who is rich in mercy because of his great love hallelujah God mercy, God's mercy goes where his love goes and because God loves his mercy never ceases hallelujah love always wins look at what the Bible says in 1st Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 8 love never fails love never fails <laughs> do you know something that never fails never fails I know too God and love never fail never fail hallelujah verse 13 same first Corinthians chapter 13 and now these three remain faith hope and love these are the three abiding realities that we have in Christ but he goes on to say but the greatest of these the greatest of faith hope and love is love hallelujah you can never lose loving senior pastor talked about somebody wearing a t-shirt saying that lovers are losers it's a matter of perspective it may seem like you're losing it seemed like God lost his son right but it's not God that the Bible says that if they had known they would not have crucified the Lord of glory on the resurrection day God did not say oh I wish I had not crucified my son no no Jesus came and said all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me hallelujah 
you can never fail, lose, regress, loving. Not in the final analysis. Hallelujah. When all is said and done, loving people will always be on the winning side. Why? Because they are fulfilling all that God requires. Look at what the Bible says in Romans chapter 13. Let's look at it from verse 8. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. All that the law of God requires are fulfilled when we love. Verse 9, the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other commandment there may be are summed up aggregated put together in this one command love your neighbor as yourself love does no harm to a neighbor therefore love is the fulfillment of the law You know what I like about the Bible? The Bible makes things very simple. So you can tell whether you're working in love or not to your neighbor. Are you doing something that is harmful to them? Then you cannot be working in love towards them. Is it noise? Is it when you're cooking, you open your window and the sofa heat or the smell? Whenever you do things that harm others, you're not working in love. Love does no harm to his neighbor. No harm. Hallelujah. Have you ever caught yourself or stopped yourself from doing something because you were concerned that somebody else may suffer or somebody may misunderstand it? Those are signs that you're walking in love. Paul says, if I'm eating meat and he's causing my brother problems, I'm going to stop. Because the nature of love is self-sacrificing. It always has in mind the utmost good of the other person, the recipient. And that's exactly what God did for us. He gave us the best possible gift in Christ. Hallelujah. The gift of reconciliation, the gift of righteousness, the gift of eternal life, and the promise of glory. What else can compare? What else? Hallelujah. 
So we've also talked about the different kinds of words that are used for love. And the one we are talking about is the unconditional word. The word is agape. Agape. There are others, stoge. Has to do with affinity. You love someone because the person is your parent, person is your child, person is your cousin, person is your tribesman or tribeswoman. And then there is eros, the romantic love that we have for the opposite sex, like our spouses. And then we have philia, brotherly love, friendship kind of love, the type that Jesus got in response when he asked Peter, do you love me? Peter said, Lord, you know that I feel you. <laughs> so the third time, Jesus asked him, do you feel me, Peter? And Peter said, Lord, you know all things. <laughs> Praise God. God loves the Bible never gives us a reason why God loves, but we know that God is love. And pastor, senior pastor told us that if, he can, if we can use the word, love is what makes up God's DNA. It's, it's his makeup. It's his nature. Hallelujah. That's why you cannot say that you have God and then you don't have love. It's not possible. Hallelujah. It's not possible. So, let's contrast now in review some of the things that make God's love unique and different from ours, from human love. One, God's love is always focused on giving. Giving. The converse, human love, postures to take. Is, this is our position. What is, what is in it for me? That's our favorite thought. In the youth service, we use the example Okay, so there's a call to come out for evangelism. And then you think, ah, now wow. So what am I going to get from this? I mean, the sun is out. I'm not going to get any snack, nothing. I'm just going to go and be walking around talking to people about Jesus. And then we, are, we convince ourselves, no, 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 I'm looking for evangelism. It's, There's nothing in it for me. Well, there is a lot in it for you if you're thinking like that. Because the Bible says that he that wins souls is wise. Hallelujah. The second contrast or the contrasting point between God's love, agape, and human love. We talked about this already, that it focuses on the good of the other the utmost good. The next one is that it's unconditional. God doesn't say, okay, when you clean yourself up, then you can come. 
when you fast for a week, then I will accept you. And I'll begin to love you. When you begin to obey everything I tell you, then I will love you. That's human love. God loves you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will help this to sink in all of our hearts. That God loves me. Outside of my actions. Outside of my accomplishments. If I did not act good at all, if I did not accomplish anything, he will still love me. And he doesn't love me more because I accomplish. <laughs> Hallelujah. God's love is boundless. It doesn't have boundaries. It doesn't say, okay, because you guys are not Jews, I'm not going to love you. Unlike us, sometimes we find ourselves tribalistic. Sometimes we find ourselves partial towards people, maybe it's based on gender, age, stage. There are many ways that we show favoritism. But God's love has no such boundaries. That's why the lady at the well was shocked that a Jewish male was asking her for water. She's like, what business do you have with Samaritans? <laughs> Praise God. The next one, God's love is stable, steady, unchanging. And in us, it is heart deep. The love of God, when you operate in us, operates from the heart because it's the Holy Spirit that puts it there. It's not self-generated. You cannot decide that I'm going to love like God without the Holy Spirit's help. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5, verse 5, that the love of God has been shared abroad in our hearts. It has to be there, and then you decide to let it out. But if it's not there, what are you letting out? Hallelujah. But if you are genuinely born again and you have the Holy Spirit, it means that you have the love of God in you. And all the things that are expected of love can be manifested in and through you. Hallelujah. So you too can forgive. All those things that we'll talk about later about one another in the Bible that are demonstrations of God's love. Pray for one another, encourage one another, endure with one another. All those one another's, you can do it because it is the outcome of God's love nature in us. Hallelujah. Whereas human love changes with whims and feelings, 
today oh i love her tomorrow i'm not sure today i want to tomorrow mm, i don't feel very well about it god is never like that god will never come to you and say you know what i don't love you anymore <laughs> like kids will say you're not my friend again <laughs> praise god and then finally contrasting between agape and human love agape is undying victorious we've already talked about that and unending god will not cease being loving whereas our experience as humans tells us that our love can end you see two people that come to the altar and pledge and vow that they will love till death do them part two years later they are saying that they cannot continue human love sometimes it ends so we have exes people that we used to love that's human love god's love is unending i have loved you with an everlasting love that's where our confidence and assurance comes john says that we may have boldness on the day of judgment because as he is so are we in this world hallelujah god's love let's look at first corinthians chapter 13 verse 7. it says it bears all things and we definitely are witnesses that god's love is forbearing <laughs> if it was us we would have killed a lot of christians so if we were in god's position We would have been flogging people in church you know invisible with people who sleep in church people who make noise in church people who are not paying attention if it's me i'll be flogging people though i'll just be going around <laughs> hallelujah god's love bears all things you know some of us gossip sometimes some of us talk bad about other people some of us can find it hard to forgive. All these are things that are contrary to God's word. And yet he still listens to us. We pray he will answer us. We ask him to forgive us. He forgive us. God has an, a limitless capacity to bear with pe people's weaknesses. Believes all things hopes all things endures all things first corinthians chapter 13 verse 7 look at another one james chapter 1 and verse 17 every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the father of lights 
with whom there is no variation, no shaking or shadow of turning. God is not like this. Every good and perfect gift comes. Hallelujah. Okay. You know, perfect love is what every heart longs for. Perfect love is what every heart yearns for. Everyone desires to be loved perfectly. And when we come to the realization that that's exactly what God is offering, it changes everything. It changes everything. Hallelujah. My love is the truest indicator of my relationship with God. It is also the indicator of the level of my maturity in God. Not my title, my love. We said that God's love is extreme. In quote, it's extreme. How many of us will give, even if we had a thousand children, will give one of our children to die for somebody else? God gave his one and only God's love is extreme. Somebody that can forgive a murderer. Somebody has lived and squandered their lives doing all kinds of evil. At the end, will bow down like on the cross and say, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he says to him, this day, you will be with me in paradise. It's extreme. It is extreme. And all of us are selfish by nature. I think one of the reasons why God demonstrates and shows us perfect love is because he understands that as he sows into us, we are able to bear that fruit because the greatest antidote for selfishness is agape. Love is the greatest antidote for selfishness. Like we said earlier, the constituent of agape is self-sacrifice, giving of oneself and resources, highest good of the recipient, and no harm. You can't continue in selfishness and be walking in agape. Both of them are mutually, they're going in two different directions. 
Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So what are some of the implications of this? Love will cost you something. Love will cost you something. It cost God his only begotten son. Has your love for God cost you anything yet? Convenience? Resources? Time? Energy? Love will cost you something. Giving? Hallelujah. You know, you can give without loving but you can't love without giving your giving is a reflection of what you love it can be some of us have been worshiping here for a long time and there are certain opportunities that god gives us to give It's an opportunity to exercise that love that is shed abroad in your heart. Hallelujah. And you know what? When you start giving to something, the Bible says that where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. When you start putting your hard-earned money into something, it has a way of nudging you towards it. That's why we should be generous givers to the church, generous givers to God. Hallelujah. Because it has a way of realigning our hearts. Please, as we advance in God's perfect love, increase your giving, please. Increase your giving. Hallelujah. Graduate from the realm that you have been. Hallelujah. And not just resources. We're talking about your time. You know, one of the things that the Bible talks about one another, it, it says that those that fear the Lord spoke with one another. There are some people that you don't even talk to. As we advance in God's perfect love, in, in the experience and knowledge and faith in God's perfect love, Try and begin to increase in all these different areas we have, we've been talking about. Are there people that you don't talk to? Hallelujah. You remember the two centurions in Acts chapter 10 and uh, Luke chapter 75? <laughs> Luke chapter 7 verse 5. Acts chapter 10 and Luke 7 5. Those two are portrayed. And it's not because the Bible doesn't say that they loved, but the Bible says that they gave. They gave. One built a synagogue. The other one gave arms and prayed continually. Hallelujah. Love must be demonstrated. Love must be demonstrated. Verbal 
only undemonstrated goodwill is not love. Love is active. It must be demonstrated. God says he loved the world. He didn't say it. He demonstrated it by giving his son. Don't go around saying, I love you, I love you, I love you. Say it, but more so, show it. Must be demonstrated. And it's demonstrated in the theater of relationships. That's why the Bible has all those one another's. Love one another. Pray for one another. Hallelujah. Exhort one another. Hebrews chapter 3. Hallelujah. Encourage one another. Love one another. There are so many one another's. Just use your concordance and just type the word one another, your Bible concordance, and just read through. You see how God expects us to demonstrate his love. There are several. I was going to put it in my outline, but I decided not to because it would just forgive one another. Do not lie to one another. So some of them are also things of things that you shouldn't do. Hallelujah. Submit to one another. Address one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Hallelujah. Do not compare yourselves with one another. Bear with one another. Do not provoke one another. Do not bite and devour. I better stop. <laughs> Praise God. So we go to the topic. Why do we need God's love? Why do we need God's perfect love? Okay. One, it is the source from which we can love God. If God didn't love us, we will not have the capacity to love him. It says that in 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, we love him because he first loved us. So we need God's perfect love because it gives us the capacity to reciprocate. And that dovetails to the second point of why we need God's love. Because when we love God, having received his love, we are enabled to obey him. So number two, it is the secret to obedience. I recognize that God loves me and I begin to reciprocate and that expresses itself in my willingness to do what he tells me to do.
Have you ever seen someone like the president playing with his daughter or son? Maybe the president is like 60, his son or daughter is like maybe eight. And then the daughter or the son will say, oh, daddy, come, 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 come. How many people do you know will tell the president to come, 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 and the president will go? But the daughter that he loves will say, oh, daddy, come, come, come. Oh, daddy, don't be silly. Daddy, I want you to buy me this. I want you to do this. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's easy to obey somebody that you love. Hallelujah. The third point, why we need God's perfect love. It is the foundation of contentment and fulfillment. Let's look at Psalm 90 verse 14. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. It is the foundation of contentment and fulfillment. God's love is a satisfier. When God's perfect love, you're a recipient of, it has a way, you know when you eat something that's very rich, rich foods fill fast, you become satisfied. When people eat properly, the Bible says that the righteous eats to the satisfaction of his soul. When they eat properly, if you don't bring one cheap ice cream and give to them, you want, I'm okay. Why? Because I'm satisfied. When you experience God's love, the, de the devil comes with all this fake stuff, cheap temptations and all that. It's, it's very difficult for you to bite because you're satisfied. Paul, Jesus, lived, at least Jesus lived 33 and a half. Paul lived to over 60, I believe. Never got married and did not complain one day that, ah, I wish I was married. Why? They were satisfied. They were satisfied. I'm not saying that people that get married are not satisfied. <laughs> but I'm just saying that God's love can fulfill all the needs of the heart. The psalmist says, satisfy us in the King James early. In the English Standard Version, in the morning, with your steadfast love, satisfy us early. That we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Hallelujah. That satisfaction produces joy and rejoicing. God's love is the foundation of contentment and fulfillment. Look at this other one, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 19. It says, and to know, this is Paul praying to, the, uh, to God for the Ephesians. He says that you will know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, 
Next point. It's God's perfect love is the source of hope, comfort, and strength to endure hardships, trials, and temptations. When you receive God's love and you believe in it, there is hardly anything you cannot go through. Listen to what Paul says, Romans chapter 8 from verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Verse 32. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect. It is God who justifies. Who is it to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. The Coco, verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Some translation says, what? And you see why? Because the next shall tribulation, that's not a person, distress, persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword, The love of God gives us the strength to endure hardships, trials, temptations. In James chapter 1, verse 12, just quickly look at that. It's talking about when we reciprocate that love. And we're able to overcome temptation. James 1.12 Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. How? For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. Why? Be which God has promised to those who love him so you see how he is able to go through the test and trial and all he gets a reward for that but the reward doesn't say that he's getting a reward because of he overcame because he loves god so the love was the enabler for him to be able to endure temptations and trials Hallelujah. Paul goes on in Romans chapter 8 that I am convinced that neither death nor life nor principalities nor powers nor rulers nor any other created thing whether visible or invisible 
will be able to separate us from the love of God that is found in Christ Jesus our Lord. And then finally, why do we need God's perfect love? It is the source from whence we love one another. No one has ever seen God. 1 John chapter 4, verse 12. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. That is a process. When we go through those one another's, we are perfected. Hallelujah. In God's love. God's love is perfect. But in us, it is being perfected. Hallelujah. Verse 21, 1 John chapter 4. And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. You cannot say you love God who is invisible and not love those who are created in God's image and likeness that you can see and relate with. Finally, what is the effect of perfect love? When we are being perfected in God's perfect love, what does it do to us? First John chapter 4, verse 17 and 18. By this is love perfected in us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. God's perfect love drives away fear, even the fear of the day of judgment that make us pray all those faith dishonoring prayers. Hallelujah. Perfect love drives away fear. The truth is that God is more committed to saving us than we are to saving our own selves. We use the example of the thief on the cross. And we started by saying that God died for us when we were the least deserving. How much more now that we have a relationship with him?
John writes, he says that I'm writing to you that you may know that you have eternal life. How can somebody who has eternal life be afraid that they're going to go to hell? That's torment. That's torment. How can you enjoy the perfect love and have fear at the same time? You're not sure about your salvation. You're not sure about your destination. And Jesus is the way. Which Jesus have you believed in? It's not pious to make comments like you're not sure about where you're going when you die and all that kind of stuff. It's not. Hallelujah. Praise God. Father, we want to thank you for the things that we have heard tonight. Father, we pray that you help us to meditate on them so that our profits will become evident to all. Thank you for your love for us. Father, help us to continue to perfect in our walk and to advance greatly, victoriously, confidently, gratefully. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God.